So uh, I was thinking about what are some of the typical Christian spiritual New Year's resolutions that are made? Anyone? I'm going to read the Bible through in a year. Yeah, we're going to read the Bible more. What else? I'm going to memorize verses. Good. Any others? Okay, I'm going to witness. I'm going to grow. So, so we have those, and, and they're good. And they're, I think it's really important for us to be making, making goals in our life and having purpose that we're going we're gonna to drive to do something and to say, this is, this is my spiritual purpose. And at the same time, sometimes I, I battle personally. I look and say, wait, those are things I'm supposed to be doing anyway as a believer. Those are, those are my requirements, and so I should just want to do them. But I think it's important to, to sometimes just wake ourselves up and say, hey, we need to do this. Mark chapter 4 uh, we're just going to look briefly here and then launch into another quick study on it. Uh, but Jesus is going to f- be talk about a really familiar parable to to many here, and, and we'll look we'll look a little bit more in depth. We're not going to look in depth at it today, but uh, he's gonna he's going to be by the seaside. He's going to teach a number of people, not just his disciples. Although we are going to finally get into some of the teaching directly to his followers, but he's going to talk to a number of people. Uh, that are all there, all that are sitting around. In verse 3, he gives a command. He very straightforward, he says, just hearken, or I want you to listen. I want you to pay close attention to, to what is going to be said. And he's going to say it to all the people that are there. Uh, now, he's going to clarify a little bit later with his disciples and some others who were closer and following. But he's basically going to say, hey, you want, you want a good New, New Year's resolution? Listen to what I'm going to say and do it. That's, I mean, Jesus, Jesus looks and says, hearken, listen. And he's going to give this parable to everybody. And he's going to say, okay, there's, there's a man who goes out and he's going to sow. And he's going to sow the seed and he's just going to indiscriminately sow it. He's going to sow it all over. He doesn't, he doesn't sow on one particular ground only, but as he's throwing the seed out, and remember, it's, it's different, and we'll talk more next week. Uh, it's different than how we would sow today. Now we're going to put it in rows and we're going to have our spacing. They would, they would use more of a scattering technique. And it would go on the numbers of different soils. In fact, as he tells it, he talks about the four different soils. He talks about the wayside. He talks about the stony ground. The wayside would be the pass on the side where people are walking, and it's hard, it's hard and it's downtrodden. There's the stony ground. There's the thorny ground. There's the, there's the good ground. And so Jesus talks about all of those different things, and he highlights what happens to the seed that on the on the wayside the birds come and they pick up the seed and they devour it and they they take it away and then on the stony ground it grows up quickly there's not going to be time for it to produce any fruit because the sun comes scorches it withers it away on the thorny ground it's starting to grow but there's still no fruit that's going to be produced the thorns are going to come and they're going to choke it out and and rip it away and it gets to he gets a point verse 9 and 10 where he's talking uh, and he says, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. So he's talking to everybody. And when he was alone, they that were with him and with the 12 asked him of the parable. They're, they're like oftentimes, like the disciples and others, like, what did you mean by all of this? And so then Jesus takes the time to rehearse quickly what he's talking about. I like the way Wearsby put it. Wearsby talked about our heart. He talked about that the wayside is like the hard-hearted individual who the, the ground is so hard and it's there, the seed doesn't even penetrate. That Satan comes, Jesus talks about in, uh, in the verses that follow, uh, verse, verse 15. Satan comes immediately. Jesus is actually going to help interpret his parable. 
Satan comes and takes it away. And then so he talks about the hard-hearted individual, that the word doesn't even penetrate. The stony individual, where it's a shallow-hearted individual, Wearsby talked about. I just like the way he talked about it. And he said, uh, it's the idea of they hear the word, they're excited about it with gladness, but they never really get grounded. And when persecution, when affliction, when selfish or ambitions and struggles come against their self, they, they turn away from the, the gospel. They, they walk away and they, they are just, it's a shallow, at best, nominal Christianity. They talk about being a Christian, but there's no, there's no substance to it. Then he talked about the thorny individual. And Jesus even goes on and he talks about that, um, uh, verse 18, I think it is in fall, 18, 19, those which are sown among the thorns, they hear the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of the things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So there's this crowded heart. There's a heart that has a whole lot going on on it and it's not wholly dedicated to, to God. It reminds me of, you have Saul who has really no heart for God. You have David who had a whole heart for God. You have Solomon who have, had a divided heart for God where there were things of the world he loved, but things of God he loved, and there was this division, and it was a crowded heart. And the thorny heart is one that is a, a, a crowded heart. And then he talks about the good heart that bears fruit. And I started thinking about this, and I, when I hear this parable, my mind quickly at times, I'll be honest, has checked out, and I'll be like, all right, I'm saved. I've, I've, had, I've seen fruit in my life. I can remember back when I did this, or I, you know, led this person to the Lord, or, you know, I've worked on love, joy, peace, and all the fruits of the Spirit. And I can, I can check my mind out and say, okay, I am the good ground. It, you know, it's, it's all born up in me. But what happens in our lives, or can it even happen, where the good soil begins to become poor? Where all of a sudden, what was once fruitful is really struggling. Have you ever found yourself like that in your life? Maybe you look back over 2018. Maybe you look back over from 2015. Maybe you look back to 1990 and you're looking back and saying, I was fruitful back then, but what's going on in my life now? Has my life become less fruitful? Has my life become more crowded with the things of this world? Has my life become pretty shallow? Have I become a little bit more hard-hearted? In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, which is where I'd like to spend uh, just a few minutes... Uh, there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 actually highlights some of that. Now, if you remember in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul talks about that there are the things just like, just like Jesus talked about, the things that can draw a believer away, that we were saved out of, things of the world, the flesh, the devil, Satan, and the, the way he attacks. But in this case, Jesus is saying there are some battles we have in our lives that is there. And Paul highlights in 1 Corinthians 3 the fact that we can, as believers, have moments in our life where we were fruitful and we were living for God, but we find ourselves beginning not to be as fruitful, to be as productive, to, as he calls it, carnal Christianity. He looks and says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto fleshly or carnal individuals, even as babes in Christ. And he, he highlights here like, that, a, that a carnal believer is just that. First, they're saved. He does say, and I, brethren. So he talks to them as believers. But he also says, yes, you're saved. But he talks about them being fleshly, carnal, living not as the good soil where it's taking in the word and hearkening the word and doing the word and producing fruit, but rather maybe 
resting on their laurels, going back and pushing away, becoming more crowded, worrying about the cares of the world, the riches of the world, the lust of the things. He says in verse 1, the word, but I'm speaking unto you as carnal. The word that he uses there is someone who doesn't have victory over that, that sin. Someone who is living, living in the flesh. But what's interesting is in verse 3, he uses it in a, in a, in a verbal sense. That they're here, there's an action that they're doing. For you are yet, you are still choosing to be carnal. So he's, saying, he's not saying you were carnal and now you're not. He's, like, he's saying you are making a choice to live fleshly. To live for the things of this world. To live for the riches of the... You're more focused on the, the riches than you are serving the Lord. You're more focused on uh, worrying about all the other stuff than having a whole heart focused, focused on God. He says a, a carnal believer is a believer. They are struggling with being fleshly. They're, he treats them like a baby. He says, you, you, I need to actually go back and give you some of just the simple truths of the word of God in order to get you more foundational so that you can get back to being fruitful or that you can become fruitful, that you can handle the, the meat. Which is, is really interesting because I know as, as myself, I can find myself thinking, oh, I've been saved for all these years. I have all this knowledge. I have all this biblical training. I have all these you know, degrees. And I, I know Bible. And I am just this, this fertile ground of soil. But I can also find myself being carried away. Carried away by the things of the world. The things I want. And not staying focused and wholehearted on God. Hearkening unto his word, to look and to do his word, what he tells me. And he even says that they act like an unsaved individual. Look at verse three. He says, for you are yet, you're choosing to be carnal. For as where there is among you envying and strife and division, are you not being carnal and walk as men, as fleshly men would? And he uses even in, in verse 4, I have planted apostles watered, and, and there's the, the division, the exaltation of Christian leadership over one another. I look and say, man, if I'm going to talk about being a carnal, I'm going I'm to hit the really bad stuff. You know, oh, it must just be the adulterers. It must just be the murderers. It must just be the drug addicts. It must just be the alcoholics. But he looks here, and he, he talks about envy, strife in the body divisions that are taking place because I don't like that person over there. I don't like the way they acted in church, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act this way. I'm, I'm not going to like it. And he talks about some of the, the pointed things that we as mature believers ought to be working through. And yet he, he highlights that and says, here's, here's some of the way we act. In fact, if we go further in Paul's writings, Galatians chapter 5, which is a, a pretty familiar passage when we talk about the works of the flesh, the works of the, the, the body that we naturally want to. Remember in Galatians 5, verses 13 and, and following, he talks about, for you, brethren, you've been called unto liberty, but don't use your liberty, don't lose your, use your freedom in Christ as an occasion to the flesh, to, to serve the flesh, to do those things that your body naturally wants, but rather to serve one another, to serve, to serve the Lord. And he, he highlights through the works of the flesh, verses 19 and following. Now he's going to talk about some of the big guys. But he's also going to talk about some of the things that we can pass, pass away. He, he looks and he says adultery, fornication, lasciviousness or debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, 
uh, hatred, uh, variance and emulations, the idea of there's, there's hatred, there's discord among the brethren, there's jealousy, there's fits of rage and, and the excessive partying and, and all the heresies, all these different things he's talking about. And some of them will pick out and say, okay, big deal, I'm not doing that, I'm good. But if we start going through that list, are there things that we have allowed into our lives that maybe are choking out our fruitfulness? that are maybe causing us to slip into carnality, to slip into areas of our lives that are not productive spiritually. And Jesus looks in Mark 4 and says, there are different hearts. There are different responses to God's word. But if I just look and say, well, I was in the past, but now I can just sort of do whatever. I have, a, I have a really big problem. In fact, I need to go even in, in Galatians 5. He says, but you know the fruits of the Spirit. They're love and joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, the goodness, the patience, the meekness, the temperance. Those things I'm supposed to have toward the body. But do I have it? Do I have patience with one another? Or am I all about me? Am I looking and saying I need to serve God or am I looking and saying I need to do all this stuff because I need all this stuff and I get, I get carried away by the things of the world. That becomes my priority. That becomes my, my satisfaction rather than having my satisfaction in God, in his word. I had to think about it as I was, as I was just mulling over just that thought. Just trying to just keep it simple tonight, just a, a quick devotional thought. And having to ask myself, looking at my life over the last year, over the last two years, three years, am I still being fruitful? Am I still growing in Jesus Christ? Am I hearkening to his word? Or do I look and say, I've got, I've got five good things down. I follow those five commands that... Jesus said in the Bible, but what about when I come across something new in my devotions? What about when I hear pastor preach something and it's like, this is what you need to, I need to be doing as a believer. Do I look and go, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Or do I hearken to God's word? To say, I must do what God's word tells me because I want to be productive. I want to be fruitful. I want to be good soil for my master. I want him to be able to take my life and cause fruit to grow. And not just some fruit. I want to be super fruitful. I want plenty of fruit to grow. I want it to abound. Well, if I want that to abound, and I'm assuming many of you here want your life to abound with fruit, then what are we doing to cultivate our soil and our life to hearken to God's word? Am I, First or Second Corinthians 5.17 says, that if you're saved, you are a new believer, old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. But I have, to, I have to ask myself, am I a new creation who enjoys being old, living as the old person? If that's the case, there's some serious, serious examination that has to happen in my life and in yours. If you're looking and saying the things that I'm doing are really resembling somebody who's hard-hearted. 
the things in my life are really resembling somebody who goes after the cares of this world. The things I'm longing for show me to be somebody who tends to be more fleshly. But that requires me to look in a mirror. And I don't like looking in mirrors. It's New Year's. Nobody likes to look in a mirror. You see all the weight you put on over the holidays. Who likes to see that? But spiritually, we look in the mirror and say, wait, am I hearkening to God's word? I want to be producing fruit in 2019. And hopefully you do too. And so if we want to, as a body of believers, produce fruit, then we must not be carnal. We must work our soil, work the soil of our heart to hear God's word. And as he says at the end in verse 20 of chapter 4 in Mark, he says they, they hearkened, they heard the word, they received it. They didn't just not do it, but they did something and then they became fruitful. 2019, personally, one simple, re- I, got, I have a one word resolution this year. It's, and I'm keeping it nice in King James because I like the word. It's just hearken. I want to hearken to God. And hopefully for you, you want to do the same. Just a simple thought tonight to think about in our lives in relationship to God's word, his commands, and something to ponder as we go to prayer. So let's take the rest of the night time here. Let's go to prayer, spending an extra time sharing our thoughts and our concerns and our prayers with the Lord.